Hi, and welcome to the Becoming a Data Scientist podcast. I'm Renee T, and I'll be your host, interviewing different data scientists each week to learn about how each of them became a data scientist. We'll also talk about the Data Science Learning Club, which starts today. I've recorded three interviews with data scientists already, and I plan to put out episode one next week. I haven't revealed yet who the first guests are, but I'll tell you that they all have different backgrounds and they're in different career paths, and they all have some great stuff to talk about that I'm excited for you to hear. Since I went into each of their backgrounds in their episodes, I wanted to give you my background as part of this intro episode, which I'm calling episode zero. So when I was a kid, um, I was good at math, I loved science, I did techie electronic stuff with my dad. I was in a gifted program at school, and that's where I first programmed. It was Turtle Logo in first grade, fourth grade, sorry. So um, that's the programming language where you make the little turtle go up and down and around, and it could make little patterns if you create a loop. Um, I really liked logic puzzles as a kid. Um, I played computer games like Carmen Sandiego and Lemmings and SimCity, but um, I never really learned programming at a young age other than Logo. <laughs> Um, I had a couple bad experiences with math and programming in middle and high school, unfortunately. (laughs) My high school was actually a science and tech high school, and it was great. Um, The teachers were all really passionate, and the students around me were all at least somewhat interested in science and technology, though a lot of us did other, um, focused in other areas as well. Um, I took what was called uh, an accelerated computer computer science course. Well, let me say, um, the school also had just about every AP class available, Um, AP is advanced placement for those of you that aren't in America, Um, and I was able to take AP Calculus, which wasn't easy for me, but I did okay, and AP Statistics, which I got the highest score on, Um, and then instead of taking AP Computer Science, which I wasn't ready for yet, I took an accelerated computer science class. Um, So that was actually the lower computer science class in my high school, since so many kids had already learned how to program um, prior to that, and so they had a lot more advanced courses that I never took. But it turned out to be mostly programming math problems, which wasn't very fun for me. I think it was C. Um, We did the homework was math. I really just didn't enjoy it. I didn't like the teacher. I don't think he liked me. (laughs) But then um, I went to college at James Madison University, and I ended up in a program called Integrated Science and Technology. So that program, you learn basic sciences, um, you take basic classes in biotech, manufacturing, energy, health sciences, I'm not sure if they still have that, Um, there's a material science course, um, information and knowledge management, and so as a part of that curriculum, I took a basic programming course in VB.net. Um, I really liked that it had a visual interface, so you could drag and drop and create the interface, and then when you click the button, you'd create an event. So um, I liked the design aspect of it, and that I knew I was designing for people, and um, it was a lot better than programming math. (laughs) And um, I thought VB was a good first language to learn. And then later I also took a Microsoft Access database development class, and we learned database design, relational database design. I found out that I'm actually pretty good at that. Um, So I ended up concentrating in manufacturing and engineering, but then I also did a custom concentration in what I called internet database technology, Um, and I built a data-driven website for my final project with ASP.NET. After I graduated, I started a business with a professor. I designed a database and interface for a government subcontractor as one of our first contracts, 
and they really liked what I did. <laughs> so that was like confirmation to me that, okay, databases, I'm good at this. This is what I want to do. I like designing it. Um, so the database I created for them was to, it, it was a floor of a government building where they were going to have different teams come in and work together. And each station had um, a different set of hardware and software and internet connections. You know, they have like different levels of security internet connections. And they wanted to be able to put together these stations for any group that came in. So they could search the database and figure out which station had the software that they needed um, and um, the, the network connections and everything and combine them together and track where they were on this floor. Um, so that was the first database I created um, professionally. And um, while I was working on my business, we, well, we also did like other data-driven programs and websites for comp local companies and um, people at the university. I also worked at the university part-time part in the Division of Advancement, which is basically uh, the fundraising arm of the university. So in that role, I got to really practice my SQL skills. Um, I was writing SQL queries every day to pull lists of alumni with different um, properties, information about the gifts that had been given to the university. So that was really um, great SQL practice. And then when I was ready for a full-time job with benefits and, um, you know, being an independent contractor can be kind of tough. So I decided, well, for a while, let me just work full-time at a, you know, quote-unquote regular job and see how I like it. <laughs> so I worked at Rosetta Stone, which is the language learning company. And a lot of people don't know that that started in Harrisonburg, Virginia. So I still lived in Harrisonburg, um, where JMU is. And um, at Rosetta Stone, I worked on the customer experience team doing data analysis of customer usage of the product and customer um, like purchasing and time to activation and then time to using the product and how people flowed through the different levels of the product. Um, so that was really interesting. It was a great learning experience for me. I would say I was the junior data analyst there and the senior data analyst um, taught me a lot, and I learned about forecasting and all kinds of more advanced analytics stuff than I had done before. Um, I also just got to learn on my own, and, and um, it was very problem-solving oriented where, you know, they'd ask a business question, and we'd have to go into this messy database and figure out the answer. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Um, then I got a call back from JMU saying there was a full-time position available with the group I had already worked with, and I couldn't pass that up. So I went back to JMU and I was then a full report developer and data analyst. Um, so in my new role, which is my current role now, um, I was able to develop PL SQL scripts for the data warehouse. So I take data from this system called Advance, which is specifically for university fundraising, and I write scripts to summarize the data for reporting and put it into a data warehouse. And then I use a product called IBM Cognos, which points at the data warehouse, to build those reports, and I work with the different users across the university. So it could be department heads, it could be an administrative assistant, it could be somebody within advancement, like the alumni office, it could be the annual giving team that does solicitations, the major giving team that um, works to get you know $25,000 and up gifts. So there's a lot of different audiences for the data. And we have a wide variety of data, like what activities people participated in as a student or since they graduated or what their current job is and, um, you know, what degree they got and things like that, uh, their giving history. So uh, there's a lot of interesting data in there. 
and um, like I said, a lot of different audiences. So a lot of people don't realize that being a data analyst isn't just sitting behind a computer screen and crunching data and doing statistics. A lot of it is design-oriented and people-oriented and problem-solving. Um, so when people, like like I said earlier, when people ask a question, I get to dive into the data and figure out the answer. Um, and we're getting a lot more into predictive analytics now, which I've pushed at the university um, to get some training for our team. So hopefully soon we'll be able to do some more data mining and forecasting with the data we have there, um, as opposed to just describing what's going on with the fundraising and the alumni. So that's exciting, and that's where I am. While I was working at Rosetta Stone and then at JMU, I started a master's degree program. This is now eight years after I finished undergrad. Um, so I had forgotten a lot of math and things like that. Um, I applied to the systems engineering program at the University of Virginia, UVA. And um, that program is online, but it's synchronous. They have an on, uh, on-grounds program too. But what synchronous means is that I was actually sitting in on the classrooms. Um, so I'm taking the class live, but from a distance. So it's not the same as like a remote at your own pace kind of online program. Um, And before I could even apply for that, I had to take linear algebra, which I hadn't taken in college. Um, I actually had gotten so far in high school math that I didn't have to repeat much math in college. So I didn't get too far. I just didn't spend a lot of time focusing on math. It wasn't my favorite. (laughs) And so I took linear algebra at Blue Ridge Community College. And it was a fast-paced version of it because it was in a shorter summer semester. And it was hard, but I liked it. Um, I thought linear algebra was pretty cool. And that should have given me the hint that um, the program was going to be very (laughs) math-oriented. I don't think I realized before I went in that just about every course title in this program is a code for math, (laughs) different kinds of math. So I ended up taking courses like um, discrete event stochastic simulation, optimization, um, statistics for engineers, What else? My favorite one was um, actually the last course I took, which was cognitive systems engineering, where we learned about the human-computer interaction and designing for people, which, of course, is an area I've always liked, and how the cognitive load on your mind while you're using a product or an interface can really affect um, how you use it and how, you know, there's no such thing as human error in a lot of cases. It's just the, the system was so poorly designed, it's just a matter of time until there's a major failure. Um, things like that. And my project in that course, toward the end, I knew I wanted to go into data science at that point, so I did a final project about exploratory data analysis and the type of visuals that help the data analyst explore the data. So instead of the visuals for publication, it was about the visuals for the analyst. Um, I got to take um, some project management courses, um, software engineering management um, at Old Dominion University. So actually this online program was through the Commonwealth Graduate Engineering Program, which allowed me to take courses at UVA, George Mason, and ODU. But half of the courses were at UVA, so I got my degree from UVA. But at ODU, they had a really good machine learning course, um, and it had really advanced math too. I don't think um, I had ever written code to do that kind of math. We actually had to learn the math first and then write the code for the math. So that's where I learned how to develop algorithms for naive Bayes and k-means and things like that without packages. So we weren't using things like scikit-learn. We were writing them from scratch. So that was a really great experience and confirmed that I really wanted to do this data science thing. Um, 
And actually, my final project in that class, I did use Scikit-Learn because uh, we got to use whatever we wanted. Uh, most of the projects, he would provide examples from the homework in C, but I wanted to learn Python. So I, I didn't really know C, and I didn't really know Python, um, but I was converting C to Python. So it was a challenge, but I learned a ton. And I came out of that, you know, having a decent grasp of Python, though I learned that my code is not very Pythonic, and those are things I'm learning now. Um, but my final project was with Random Forest, and I used data from my day job to do a project to predict which non-donors in a given year would become first-time donors. So that was fun, and I got good results. I got great feedback from the professor, and he actually indicated I should publish the work, so I'm t hoping to go back to that soon and, and clarify some of what I did and maybe publish it. So um, since I graduated back in May, I've been... Um, well, you guys have probably been following me on Twitter and on my blog. I did the Summer of Data Science. I started that hashtag SODS um, where we were all learning stuff in the summer. So I've learned about market basket analysis and recommender systems and APIs and all the things I wish I could have learned about in grad school and didn't get to. And actually now UVA has a Master's of Data Science program. But it's full-time on grounds, which I probably wouldn't have been able to do anyway. But I might have been able to take some more data science classes if that existed when I was a student. So um, I'm excited about learning more. Um, I've actually done quite a lot. I've, I've learned about Docker and Jupyter and um, done some Python learning. I have a ton of books, from mostly from O'Reilly. Um, I really like the Doing Data Science book. Um, and a few other ones I'll link to in the, the information for this video and on the blog. Um, but I've just been reading like crazy, going to meetups, um, communicating with people on Twitter. It's great how everyone reaches out and helps one another. Um, and so I'm at that point where it's like, okay, I think I've absorbed just about everything I can. And I've done each thing like one time. <laughs> you know, I've, I've created a certain kind of visual once. I've done a real random forest project once. I've done, um, you know, basically everything one time. So now's my chance to get out there and practice it and create a portfolio and prove that I know what I'm doing <laughs> and hopefully prove I know what I'm doing <laughs> and get to the point where I'm comfortable calling myself a data scientist. So I feel like I'm almost there and I'm almost over that hump. And um, hopefully as part of this data science learning club and the podcast that we're doing, um, we'll all move in that direction together. So I'm really looking forward to this, and let me tell you more about the Data Science Learning Club. So the Data Science Learning Club is going to be on becomingadatascientist.com slash learning club. It's a... Um, online community where we're going to do a project every two weeks or so, and nobody's going to be teaching this. It's not a class. It's where I'm going to propose an activity each week, and sometimes we'll vote on activities and things like that, but basically it's a way for us to learn together. So I'll pitch something, and then hopefully everybody will be able to jump in with whatever technology you have. If you like Python, use that. If you like Jupyter specifically, you can use that. If you are writing R instead, go ahead and write an R. Um, basically, we're all going to be doing these projects differently, but then we'll post our results, or if we get stuck, we can ask each other, um, you know, how did you do that, or I got stuck here, or this particular thing wouldn't work, somebody help me. <laughs> so we'll help each other out, 
And then at the end of the the two-week period, hopefully we'll all post uh, what we've been doing or throughout the two-week period. And then I will take the best ones and feature them that week. Um, We can also do something where, um, like, people can write on their blogs and uh, write a tutorial about how you did what you did. So this is an opportunity for you to create a portfolio or just learn from the beginning or come back and practice if you've already done some of this stuff. Um, If you're really advanced, feel free to drop in and practice with us or you can help people that get stuck, you know, offer to be kind of a a mentor to the club. So uh, I'll create a new forum each week and, well, it's going to be probably every two weeks And then at the end of the podcast episode, I will announce the activity and we'll have until the next podcast to work on it. And if you're listening to this after the fact, right now it's December 13th, 2015. Um, But if you join later, that's fine. You could still join in. Um, There might not be live people like manning that particular forum, but you'll be able to see all the activities that happened when people did it the first time. So hopefully there will be plenty of information there for you to still learn after the fact. And if you do the activities more than one every two weeks, you're going to catch up with us. So join in wherever you're at. Or if you already know how to do a lot of the activities, you don't need to start at the beginning. You could just jump in where we are and do some activities with us. So join anytime. Don't feel like if you're listening to this later on that you missed out and you're not going to be able to participate. And um, like I said, no one's going to be teaching the class, but we'll all be there helping each other. I will start the post off with resources for what I'm going to do. Um, I'll provide links to data sets or different packages or, you know, how to install software and things like that. Speaking of installing, that is our first activity. So I'm announcing what I'm calling Activity Zero, Learning Activity Zero for the Data Science Learning Club. So Activity Zero is to get your environment set up. If you want to learn Python, you know, make sure you install Python, install a development environment. If you want to learn R, I'll provide links for that. And by the way, I'm going to be doing Python. So those of you that are doing R, please help me out and provide some resources. Um, and I'll promote those to the top so that people getting started don't just see the Python links. Um, so this week, uh, my example for Python is you can download Anaconda, which comes with all of the um SciPy and NumPy type of packages. It's a ton of packages. It's a pretty big install, but it prevents you from having to go install each of those separately. Um, Or some of them, they're not necessarily pre-installed, but they come downloaded with Anaconda. I've installed Python at least three different ways, and that one was the easiest to get everything I needed. Um, You also want a development environment. Anaconda comes with Spider. Um, You might not like that, so go find another one. I'm going to be using PyCharm, and I'll provide links for downloading that development environment. And um, basically, we're going to get set up. So this first activity period is only going to be one week. I'm assuming a lot of you already have a development environment set up. um, But if not, go in there and help the people that struggle with it. Uh, Whether you're on a Windows or a Mac, you're going to have different experiences or Linux. So we'll all help each other out and get set up so that a week from now, I will launch episode number one, and you'll get to hear the first interview and then the first um, data science learning activity that involves more than just installing stuff. (laughs) So hopefully you won't have too much trouble this week, um, but post on the forum if you do, and get your computer all set up so that next week you're ready to dive right in. 
So thank you for listening to this first episode of Becoming a Data Scientist podcast. And I know this one was all me and introducing what we're doing here, um, but we're going to have different people each week. And I've already recorded those interviews, and I know that they've got some great things to say. So join us next week. Um, You can either watch the videos on YouTube or listen to the audio podcast. Um, It will include the interview. And um, I might not put the learning activities on YouTube, but I'll link to the audio. So you can definitely at least hear the audio and read the description on the forum of what the activity is. Um, And then... Uh, every two weeks after that, we'll get a new activity and we'll move forward from there. So I look forward to learning together and thank you for listening today. And I hope that you have as much becoming as much fun becoming a data scientist as I do. Thanks. Bye.